Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone, uh, and welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. We are trialling it in a bit of a video podcast today to see how that goes. Um, I'm James Sharp, this is my colleague Jordan Blackwell, um, and we're hoping to discuss Leicester's pre-season victory over Luton and all the rest that's happening in the transfer window. So we'll probably kick it off with Luton and Leicester's, we'd say, proper pre-season after obviously going to Hong Kong and lots of brand boosting and sponsorship stuff. Went to Luton and picked up a 1-0 win. Jordan, how do you reflect on that performance? Um, I thought it was okay. Um, I think we're probably still in the um, the early parts of pre-season where performances aren't the, the be-all and end-all. Um, I thought Leicester created the better of the chances and struggled to, to finish a few of them off um, and, until that Morris goal at the very end. Uh, in terms of uh, who, who stood out. Uh, for me, Maguire probably stood out. Um, I thought he was, he looked very comfortable on the ball. Yeah. Uh, all the defending he had to do, he did very well. The, Luton didn't really have any chances, mm-hmm. and I suppose you could say that the chances they, the half chances they did have came when after Maguire had been substituted. So um, I thought he was the standout player, and probably over the course of the pre season so far. Other than Mares, I think I would say Maguire's been the standout player. Yeah, I agree with you. Maguire really impressed me at both ends, really. I mean, at the attacking end, he was always the one that, from corners, yeah. they were aiming for, which is it's not surprising. He's six foot two and a pretty big guy. Um, forced to save uh, with a header. He looked pretty good. I think the only time it looked like Luton looked like they were going to get in was with that time where um, Maguire dummied a ball. looked like he'd been told to let the ball go. And then... The, the ball went and then their striker came through, but he wasn't phased by it. He just went back, won the ball, put his foot on it, had a look, played the ball out. It looks like he's got a lot of composure about him. And I think he looked he looked pretty good, I think. Like, I, he's played what well, he was in one. He was, him and Fuchs, the only two to play 90 minutes against Liverpool. Played a lot today, uh, yesterday. It looks like they're trying to get him ready quickly for the start of the season, obviously with Hoof out. It looks like he's going to be kind of the mainstay with Wes in that defence. Yeah, definitely. Um, I agree with you on the composure thing. I thought he looks very comfortable on the ball, more so you would say than than Morgan and Huth. Um, mm. I think we we saw that a little bit with with Ben Lewan at the end of last season that he, he likes to bring it down. But there's always the the case with Ben Lewan that it's it's, always, it's a little bit worrying at times. Whereas you don't really get that impression with Maguire. You get the impression that he's also very keen to do the to do the defensive work and he's yeah. not going to you know to start making mistakes. Obviously, you mentioned that. A slight misjudgment that that seemed like a, mi- a miscommunication, but um, yeah, he was definitely the standout player. Um, speaking of composure, I was impressed again with uh, Vincent Deborah. Um, it was his first start after having a couple of substitute appearances against West Brom and Liverpool. He's another player that looks like he has a lot of time on the ball, yeah. um, which I think and a lot of fans on social media were talking about that, and you can see it in the flesh that he seemed to play the game at a slightly different pace to everyone else. Like, yeah, I, I always thought he, he, he didn't look flustered at any point, um, whether that was you know, making passes, making tackles, making interceptions. Um, 
he, he never he made it look easy for himself. Um, and so that's a, that's a promising sign. Obviously, you'd hope that uh, it'll continue that when we actually get into to the proper fixtures. Um, but yeah, I, I was I was quietly impressed. I think he could perhaps do a little bit more, maybe to impose himself on the game uh, and to make sure that he he's controlling it. But um, you know, he's still only a couple of weeks into his City career, and I'm sure we'll we'll see more from him. Yeah, we're also yet to see him play the second striker. Yes, and I think that's. Um, Something we may see trial over the next few games. Um, mm. We know we, we it played there fairly regularly, um, particularly as a substitute for Sevilla last season, um, operating as a sort of makeshift target man. Mm. Um, and I think we could see him play that role and maybe sort of just in behind Vardy, and we'll, they'll see how that goes. Yeah, it's also the first time we saw Eldin Jakubovic uh, after his move from Hull made his debut. His debut's go, he didn't really have much to do, did he? I mean, the first half he, he had a, a, what, one clearance to make, it was really kind of deck chair and job for the first half especially. Yeah, he didn't really have a lot to do. Um, I think there was one, in, well, a couple of incidents in the second half where a, a cross got chipped over his head and Simpson had to clear, um, which you perhaps say he got, got caught under the ball a little bit. Um, and there was another chance for it with the, with the ball across the face that he, that he did well to intercept. But other than that, he didn't really have many saves to make. So um, I'm sure he'll like to to play another game over the course of pre-season, you know, against one of the the better opposition to, to try and get some, uh, you know, dirty his gloves a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that, that's who impressed those who perhaps have a little bit more to do to force their way into Shakespeare's plans. Didn't think Leo Ujel had the best game. Mentally, um, he didn't really impose himself at all on it. You'd hope. Someone as big and strong as him against um, a kind of low league side would would cause a few more problems, but physically maybe, but um, didn't really have much of a chance. It was mainly Okazaki that got in there for me. Um, I thought Samani did more when he came on than Leo, but again, the Samani doubters aren't very happy with the fact that he sought his one on one saved by the goalkeeper. Um, so those two, I thought Musa looked bright in. in in patches, but then when it got to the final ball, it didn't quite work. And he fizzed a few across the face of goal. Yeah. Had a shot in the first half that went over the bar. Flattered to deceive a little bit, I thought. Um, but all the all the signs of it, he's having quite a good preseason in training, but yet to see on the pitch. Yeah, I, I actually thought Musa did okay. Um, I think his general build-up um, play was was pretty decent. Mm -hmm. His you know his sort of uh, interplay with particularly with Samani when he came on, uh, I thought I thought was good, um, but. Yeah, as you say, the final ball wasn't there, and he he seems reluctant to shoot on occasion. Um, I think he he had a chance when he when he came forward in the first half uh, on the counter attack, and he, he sort of skied it. And then after that, he got into in the second half, he got into some decent positions, but you know just kept taking touches rather than having a shot at goal. And we saw that actually with the goal yeah. when he rounded the goalkeeper, but wasn't confident enough to take to take the finish. So cut back and played it to Morris, which turned out okay in the end. But um. Maybe that maybe that's still a confidence issue. We mm. saw that a little bit last season with him as well on, on his on his few appearances. Um, so uh, I think there's there's some work for him to do, but he he, he was okay. Yeah, um, and we've not we've mentioned him a little bit so far, but the man that came on and stole the headlines again, like he always does, Riyad Mahrez. Um, as I said in my match verdict after the game, Kenilworth Road is not exactly the arena that Mares sees himself playing in the future, um, places where you have to walk through terraced houses to get there. Not the arena he wants, but once again in pre-season he came, well, came on and he looked 
good, he had lots of space, he made things happen, he created stuff and ultimately scored the winning goal. It's always him, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. well it has been this pre-season, he's, he's looked the man uh, most likely, which you probably wouldn't have predicted before the, the, the game started. Um, I think as Appleton said uh, after the match, um, I think he was helped a little bit that when he came on the game was a bit more stretched, Luton were going for it a bit more to, tr mm. to try and get a goal. Um, so there's plenty of space in behind uh, that, that he explore, uh, exploited um, pretty well, um, and yeah, he just he just looks confident on the ball, and he looks um, he looks pretty fit. He, he seems like he's he's having no trouble, you know, getting around players and all those things that we we saw him do regularly. Um, so it's um, it's good to see, um, even if it is a case of please someone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's maybe it's a case of him shuffling himself a bit further towards the front of the shot window a little bit. But at the minute, if you're talking about his future, it doesn't really. There's still no signs that he's going not going to be a Leicester City player by the start of the season. I mean, at the minute, the latest we have is that Roma are expected to make uh, a second offer uh, that hasn't Mercantile that hasn't yet been made. But we understand that. Uh, one is likely to come in from what sources in Italy tell us that it is likely to be around about 35 million euros which is still only about 32 million pounds which is way way short of what Leicester want and Leicester's that's expected to be rejected because Leicester aren't in any mood to, to let him go I mean, it's not it's not like Roma are trying to negotiate a price for a used car like Leicester aren't looking to sell him they don't want to sell him so if no one meets their valuation of him, they're not going to let him go. No, and uh, and why would they? He is clearly one of the, the club's best players um, in terms of uh, his technical attributes and also what he brings. It, I think he his um, the attributes he has are unique in the sense that Leicester don't have any other players that can play like him, that can dribble like him, control the control the ball like he does, plays the through balls and creates chances like he does. Um, so they, I don't see any reason why they would want to sell him at all. Uh, and with three years left on his contracts, they they can demand a, a big yeah. price for him. It's not it's not a case of him. Um, like we've seen a little bit with the Ross Barkley situation that you know he's only got a year left on his contract, and that Everton might actually end up having to sell him for cheaper mm. than they would like to because if they don't sell him, then next season he's going he's going to leave uh, for free. But that's not the case with Morris. He's got three years left. Leicester do want to keep him, um, and if they're only going to sell him for a big price, I, I can't see them sort of. I don't think there'll be any haggling going on with no. with Roma. I think that they'll stick to the, that fifty pound, fifty million pound valuation, uh, and and see if Roma or another team, maybe Arsenal, um, can meet it. Yeah, because like we say, you've seen all the money being spent. Swansea holding firm on Sigurdsson for fifty million pounds, and what Sigurdsson is, is, a, is a wonderful player. I'd love to see him at Leicester, but he's not a title winner. He's not. Ballon d'Or nominee is not a former PFA Player of the Year. If if they mm. can hold out fifty million pounds for a player like that, there's, a, there's no way Leicester are going to go. Oh, actually, yeah, we'll let him go for thirty five million. Like, it's, it's not going to happen. No, I think you've seen a lot of the fees um, this window. Um, the likes of, I mean, Manchester City have bought two fullbacks uh, for fifty million pounds each. Um, Ooh, the light's gone off. Bells in a second. There we go. Sat down, sat down for too long. Um, anyway, continue. Uh, yeah, so you know we've seen we've seen Man City buy um, you know a couple of fullbacks for fifty million pounds each. As you say, Sigurdsson. There's been so many you know big money moves. Yeah. Uh, and you would say that a player who finished seventh in the Ballon d'Or voting 
um, only eight months ago mm. uh, is is worth uh, that price alongside those players. Yeah. So if you have to put your money on it, where will Mahrez be at the start of the season? I'm putting money on him being in a Leicester shirt. At the start of the season, I would say he's likely to be at Leicester. Um, I think at the, by the end of the window, um, I think he might be at Arsenal. Um, because they're not going to get Thomas Lamar, is that what? Uh, yes, I think that it doesn't look like they're going to get Thomas Lamar from Monaco. It seems like he's going to be he is their first choice. Um, if Alexis Sanchez leaves, um, then I think they'll probably step up their. Uh, they step up their their chase for Mares, and I think towards the end of the window they may get a little bit more desperate, and they may eventually bid uh, a fee that that Leicester think is acceptable. Um, but I don't think he will be in an Arsenal shirt by the time of the first game of the season when Leicester play Arsenal. I think he will play for Leicester in that game. I would agree with that. Right, that's Mares done. Um, another name that is being mentioned all the time is Manchester City striker. Kelechi Iheanacho, who it seems like he's been on his way to Leicester for a long time now. As far as we understand it, he's still going to be a Leicester City player at some point. It is still just a case of playing the waiting game and waiting for these things to sort themselves out, whether it be contract, well, contractual issues and now the legal battle seems to be over between his former and current agents. It's just a case of getting it over the line. But these things don't always happen quickly, do they? No, no. I think, I think it, because... It's been out there in the public for so long. I think that's why there's, there's maybe a little bit of frustration that it that it's not um, happened yet. But occasionally, transfers come out of the blue. But it's, that's only the case because a lot of the the work's been done behind the scenes and it's not been been made public. But the the whole of the Ianacho saga, if you like, has been sort of in the public since uh, early June, mid June. Um, so it does seem like it, it's taking a while, but. Yeah, I, I think it's fairly, fairly certain that he'll be a Leicester City player, and probably you would hope before they play their final pre-season game at, uh, against Mudgeon Gladbach, um, so that he does get a, a run out uh, before the start of the season. Yeah. So yeah, Ian Acho, we still believe is on his way. Um, it's just a matter of time, a matter of waiting, and uh, patience is, is a virtue when it comes to that one. Uh, next, uh, another player, another Leicester player who. Um, Fans were a little bit concerned about when he wasn't included in the uh, squad to face Luton, and that is youngster Harvey Barnes, who's just signed a new uh, contract to Leicester City. A lot of fans were getting a bit excited after what seeing him last season, um, and uh, his performances for MK Dons. A lot of fans are hoping to see him play in pre-season and hopefully feature in Leicester's plans for the start of the season. However, you, Jordan, spoke to Michael Appleton after the game yeah. and it seems to suggest that he may well be going out on loan. What did he tell you? Yeah, well, he, uh, Appleton said um, that he was uh, joining up with the under-23s. Uh, they've got a few games at a, a tournament in France um, and so he was joining up with those. Uh, and In order to get more minutes under his belt, I think Appleton uh, gave the impression that He's likely to get 90-minute games with the under-23s, whereas if he stayed with the first team and played the games against MK Dons or Wolves coming up, he might only get 45 minutes. So it's better for him that, that he gets gets more minutes um, out in France. Um, they then said that he's likely to come back uh, next week um, and they'll assess him from there in terms of deciding whether 
he's going to be part of the squad for this season or they're going to send him out on loan. I would suggest that, that given they are sending him to, to France and they're not um, you know, uh, looking at him in these pre-season yeah, games. because you'd think, if you're Craig Shakespeare and you think he's wants to be part of your plans, you'd hope, wouldn't you, that you'd, you'd want to see him. You'd want to see him in yeah, action before you yeah. made, made that decision, in, not just in training, but in actual match action. Yeah, and I think that, that gives me the impression that, that he will go out on loan. Um, I think we saw at the end of last season how quickly he developed uh, with his spell at MK Dons. So I think uh, Shakespeare and the rest of the Leicester City staff will hope that if they send him out on loan again, they can keep that development going. Because you don't, I mean, we've seen this happen particularly with uh, someone like Kapuska, where he's been playing regularly but, but came, to, to came to Leicester, didn't really play all that often. And it seems like his progress stagnated. Now you don't want that to happen with Barnes because you would say he's one of the most exciting talents that Leicester have had for a while yeah. in terms of attacking uh, players. So I, th I think they won't want to stagnate his progress by you know having him in the squad, having him on the bench, maybe even playing ten minutes here or there in the Premier yeah. League, playing occasional League Cup games. So it's better to send him out on loan to I think we would. Assume it would be a championship team, maybe yeah. sort of lower end of the championship where yeah. it's going to get game time. Good comments on here from uh, Lorraine who says that she thinks a loan spell would be good for him um, for say like six months uh, and so he can develop and then get him back in the fold. Which I'm, and that's kind of what you're saying, isn't it? Like yeah. if he's developing so quickly at MK Dons, what's the point in giving him minutes here, there, playing with the kids a little bit? Because yeah. he's already shown by going to MK Dons and coming back um, and playing uh, for England and also Leicester under 23s. He's kind of too good for under twenty three level. He wants to, he yeah. needs to be playing against men week in week out. And a loan spell does look like that might be the best option, yeah. um, especially if Mares is still here. Damari Gray is there looking to start. Yeah. If Mares is still here, that those wide positions and with how well Mark Albright is playing in preseason and in training, those wide areas, there's a lot of competition for places. And it doesn't no matter how promising Barnes is, he's probably not going to be getting past those three at the start of the season. No, not at all. Um, and obviously with this Tom Lawrence here as well, um, who's, who's another uh, wide option. Um, so yeah, I think I think alone would be the the best plan. It's just a case of getting the team right. You don't want to send them on loan to maybe a, a championship title challenger, mm. uh, and they're not going to use him. Uh, you you probably want to send him to a, a team. You are, you. A mid-table team, preferably someone yeah. that's you know they're still going to pick up wins, um, and you don't want them to be battling relegation. But we'll be willing to give him uh, time and willing to give him chances, and maybe not drop him on, on the, the the first time that he struggles a little bit because yeah. he may because you know it, it is a step up from League One to the Championship. And although he did very well in League One, um, there may be a, a couple of games where it, it doesn't quite work for him. But I think any Championship team, but particularly a, a mid-table team, they'd be. Um, very lucky to have him I think he, he, he'd probably excel mm. right so now we have MK Dons on Friday Wolves on Saturday Burton on Tuesday and then Munchfell back on, th on Friday so that's four more games left for Shakespeare to find out his best team his best 11 yeah. we've, already, we've already mentioned the fact that Iboros look really good in, in, in the games Drinkwater and Didi they're nailed on you'd, you'd, you'd imagine them central midfield they're kind of Leicester's kind of imposing middle two yeah Inacho still to come in. You can't imagine he's coming from Manchester City to sit on the bench and get splinters in his bottom. No. You'd imagine that he'd want to be playing. How do we see? We I know we spoke about this on the way on the way back to the car after the Luton game. How do we see them all fitting together in the same in the same team? How's that going to work? Well, I think if 
if Shakespeare sticks with with four four two, I mean we've seen both, haven't we? Tony? Yes, we've seen four four two and three at the back during preseason, so they're both options. Yeah, and I think four four two is probably the most likely um, formation at the minute, um, given we, we've seen more of that, and given that's the, the formation that Leicester played for the majority of last season. Um, if that's the case and they stick with that, I think it will be a two-man partnership of Ianacho and Vardy up front, um, with Ianacho probably playing the, the slightly deeper role. Because he has played that before. Yes, and I think he, he's, he's probably got good enough attributes to, to play that role and, and hopefully link up with, with the wide players. Um, in terms of the wide men, I think it will be all Brighton, and if Morris is still here, it'll be Morris. If not, it'll probably be Gray. Um, I think again. I think Drinkwater and Ndidi will will play in the middle. Uh, with and Abora will have to, to to bide his time and sit on the bench. Um, and then I think it'll be the same back four as last season, but with um, Maguire uh, in there instead of Huth. But if they go four three at the back, um, now this does sound exciting. You yes. talked talk me through. You talked me through this team last night, and I, I know it was very exciting. So I think I think in you would have it would be Morgan Maguire and. Probably maybe Ben Luan or maybe Fuchs playing in a back three. You maybe could fit Simpson in there oh, as well. I prefer Fuchs, I think, in that back. Um, in that back yeah, because you could play him on. You play him on the a left centre back of the three. Um, then I think you would probably have Chilwell and Albrighton as wing backs. I think Chilwell is is a much better wing back than he is a left back. I think there's a little less defending to do, and you, you can get forward a little bit more. Yeah. Which is what he he excels well, at. Against against Atletico Madrid of all people, they, they they struggle to deal with him going forward. Yeah. But yeah. even as a young player, who's rated very highly, um, then uh, he's still got a bit of work to do on his defensive work. So I think that wing back area would give him a lot of freedom going forward. And also you've got Fuchs behind you, and a few better to have behind you than Fuchs to to keep pushing you into the right position. Yeah. So there's that. Central midfield. I think the central midfield it would would then be a three man midfield. Um, I think it would be. I mean, we saw it briefly against uh, West Brom in the first game. I think it was King, Drinkwater, and Ibora. I think it, the first choice midfield three would be Drinkwater and Didi and Ibora, um, and then you could perhaps play Ibora as the advanced player um, to play in behind a front two, which you would expect would be Vardy and Ianacho. Um, where does Mares go in this formation? Now, see, yeah, this is a Maresless formation. I think if if you were to try and fit him in, you you couldn't play him as a wing back, so he would have to play in, I suppose, as the midfield three, but sort of closer to the, the yeah, front the two. number ten area. Yes, uh, just behind the two front men. Um, so that's an option, and then, but you you would play it to Mares's feet, and he would operate that way in there. If you played a Bora there, you could perhaps play it. You know, in the air, and he can act as a target man. Flick um, it on for Vardy, and he actually to run on to. Yes, exactly. Um, we, that, that's we know he we we know he can do that. Um, so there there are options there. I think when it comes to Arsenal, I think it w- will be four four two. Um, I don't think we'll I don't think we'll see three at the back experiments until maybe it seems like four four two is not working all that well. Yeah. Right. So uh, four games left. We're going to see all these trial out. I think. Uh, but what we what we can say is that there's quite a lot of options there, and even there could be even more options when they want to, if they bring any more players in, because we've, we've we've heard from Shakespeare a few times in the last week or so, uh, and he's mentioned that he still wants to bring more people in. Um, one of them we expect is Ian Acho, but then it seems as though there may be he wants another two more. He's said yeah. one of those is going to be we'd imagine a centre back, another one 
maybe maybe a, a number ten. We don't really know, really, do we? And that's the thing. We we know there was interest in, in Sigurdsson. It now looks like he's going to to Everton. Um, whether they have spotted somebody who could be a, an alternative to Sigurdsson, um, we don't know. We've not really there's not really been any rumours on that right. that front. Um, but in terms of the centre back, it it seemed like there was a bid for Johnny Evans that was rejected, and it doesn't seem like there's going to be another one. It seems like. It, Pulis has made him captain at West Brom, and it seems like he's going to stay there now. Yeah, I mean, Pulis has done everything he can to try and make Evans stay, made him captain, offer him a new deal. They, yeah. they want him to stay, it looks as though that he will be. So then it opens up to to people we've heard before, names we've heard before. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've, we've heard plenty of names, particularly over the past six months. I mean, there was loads of names in January um, as well, when it was clear Leicester were trying to sign a centre-back. Uh, names mentioned this summer include Chris Smalling, um, at Manchester United, he seems surplus to requirements there, um, but I imagine there'll be sort of anyone outside the top six in the Premier League would be interested in him um, if they could if they could afford him. Um, ben Gibson is a name we've heard a lot of, but it seems like West Brom are probably more interested at the yeah. moment. Um, but uh, I would expect I would expect him to move. Um, yeah. Before the end of the window, I, I think he, he's probably a Premier League quality player, and I don't think he wants to play in the Championship with Middlesbrough. Um, so I think we will see him move, whether that's to Leicester. I can't see that. No, I can't see that at the minute. I think I don't, I don't think, really, I think there's any real general interest really from Leicester there at all. I don't, I don't get the sense that that's the case. Mm. Um, Smalling, though, I think, I think a lot of players would like him. I know that in the survey we did of Leicester fans this morning, rated quite highly when it came to players they wanted in. Um, but I think he wants, from what we can gather, he wants to play Champions League and Europa League football, which you can... You can understand, you can understand for a player that, yeah. that's played at Manchester yeah. United for his career. Yes, and he, you know, he's an England international. I think a, a, a drop out to a team not in Europe would, would probably seem like too big of a drop because yeah. he's not done badly. He's just um, a sense that Manchester United have other centre backs that Mourinho is going to favour. Um, we've heard a lot of names, uh, you know, from overseas. The likes of Karim Bodji was uh, a name that was fairly prominent um, uh, in January. The uh, at Anderlecht. Um, uh, the likes of uh, Gianmarco Ferrari, who's a, a new Italian international, yeah. plays at um, Sassuolo um, in Italy. So there's, there's plenty of names out there, but we've not really heard anything concrete, no. um, and that could be one that, that goes on for the rest of the window. I think so. And uh, on that note, uh, we will wrap it up here um, on this video edition of Dilling Dilly Dong. Um, join us again next week, where hopefully we'll have some more information for you. And in the meantime, keep up to date with all of the Leicester City information um, on our Facebook page and our Twitter page at Mercury LCFC and also uh, on our website. Um, and hopefully we'll speak to you soon, guys. Thank you for listening.